Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. I'm Jason DeMars, and welcome to our live broadcast this morning. Just want to remind you, we go live Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Just also want to remind you that if you have any prayer requests, testimonies, or questions for me, you can contact me through whatever social media you're listening through or else through the website at jasondemars.com. Also going to remind you, um, if, if you have listened recently, you know, but if you've uh, not, not been listening recently, uh, you wouldn't know. So just want to let you know we offer books on the website, jasondemars.com. And by God's grace, we do our best to ship them as soon as possible. Um, to anyone who orders around the world. Uh, so several of the books here. This one is the, a summary of the revelation of the seven seals as the Lord gave to his prophet, Brother William Branham. And so this goes through each of the seals with a short summary and then a little bit more detail on the seventh seal and on the purpose of the opening of the seven seals. This one is called Foundations. It's a wonderful book that goes through um, the new birth, law and grace, the absolute, the Ten Commandments, the Godhead, three ordinances, prayer. Um, and it, it does so in order to introduce uh, the truth of the gospel to young people, but also to those who are new believers. And for all of us, really, give, to give a proper foundation in the scriptures. Um, another one is Holiness to the Lord, teaching the biblical standards of modesty. And then also um, the mystery of the Malachi for Elijah, a good way to introduce the message to people you're witnessing to. So again, that's all those books you can get for free. Also free shipping on our website jasondemars.com. With that said, we're going to continue on the training of ministers, part six, and just want to you to understand um, God ultimately is the one who is training his ministers. Uh, but it is the duty of the local church to work with and train up ministers. Paul challenged Timothy to pass on the things that he had learned from him to others who would be able to establish people's hearts in the truth. And so it's not the job of a seminary, it's the job of local ministry to train up ministers, to teach them principles of ministry, principles of pastoring, principles of evangelism, principles of um, missions work. And um, I'm not here to claim I'm an expert at any of it. Um, I have a little experience with missionary work, and with missionary work you kind of have to do uh, each part of the ministry, whether it be evangelism or uh, teaching and pastoring people. You have to do a bit of all of it. Um, I've learned a little bit, and whatever I've learned I want to pass on to others. We've done uh, ministers' meetings and work with ministers over the last... Um, eight years roughly and so um, these are the things that I learned growing up spiritually 
uh, as well under my pastor, uh, previous pastor, Brother Don Hoffman in Minneapolis, and that I'm continuing to learn, um, sitting under the ministry of Brother Jason Watkins here in um, at Bethel Tabernacle in Beaufort, South Carolina. So let's continue here. First Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to look at Paul's attitude and approach to ministry. For yourselves know, for yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you that it was not in vain. So he's commending himself and Silvanus and Timothy to their hearts. And he says, you know that our, our entrance, when we came to you, we didn't do so in vain. We had purpose. We had um, a definite plan that God laid in our hearts to bring before you. Verse 2, but even after we had suffered before and were shamefully treated, as you know, at Philippi, we, will, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. And so I just want to comment on that with much contention. Are we willing to preach without the amens? Are we willing to preach when the people listening to you are contentious towards you? We don't preach for the amens of people. We preach for the amens of God. Too often, I believe, we are seeking the glory of men or we're seeking the adulation, the pat on the back hey, you did a good job. And when we don't get that, we're depressed. But look at the Apostle Paul. Did he stop preaching when it was hard, when he preached and there was heckling, uh, curse, cuss words hurled at him? It wasn't amens coming to him. It was cussing. It was... Um, Who knows what else was was happening? Eventually, they threw stones at him. So, were they? What what else were they throwing at him? What else were they shouting at him? What else? What other threats were being brought to him? And it didn't stop Paul. He wasn't waiting just for the Amen people to shout Amen. We, as ministers, have to have the heart that we are delivering what God brings to us, regardless of the response of the people. We're not looking for just a response from people in their words. Um, we can preach in such a way that we almost obligate the people to say amen to us. And absolutely, Brother Branham talks about that. You know, people should be saying amen. People should be shouting and rejoicing in the Lord. But us as ministers cannot be preaching so that we get amens. If we're doing that, we're doing it to please God. Please men and not God. So Paul, shamefully treated, much contention, 
but he was bold in God to speak the truth to the people regardless of their response. And that has to be us. We're servants of God. We must speak on behalf of God, not on behalf of, the, of giving the, those with itching ears words that they can say amen to. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. Paul is speaking of the motive of his heart. The motive of our hearts when we preach is important. It can't be for guile. It can't be for uncleanness. It can't be for deceit. You say, I don't, I don't do any of that. It can't be for money. If you're preaching so that you get amens and in turn get tithes and offerings, um, you're not serving God. You're serving yourself. And you're doing it out of deceit. Okay? Um, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. We don't preach to please people. We don't preach to get a response from people that they say, you did a good job. We preach because we love God. He's entrusted us with the gospel, and we want to be found faithful in our ministry. Not as pleasing men. Are you a man pleaser? Or are you a God pleaser? Are you seeking to preach what God gives to you for the people in order for them to be corrected, edified, built up? Or are you preaching the things that you think will get the response? Too many times, too many times, we preach and say things to get a response, and that shouldn't be so. We should preach, even if it's contrary to what the people are thinking, we should preach in such a way things that build the souls of others. Not for ourselves, not to please ourselves, not to please people, but to please God. Amen. But God which tries the hearts. God, God watches our hearts. God looks at our hearts. He sees our motivation. And He will um, convict and correct. And we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. How we built on the foundation that was laid, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. How we built upon that as ministers, we will be brought before the judgment seat of Christ for that. Not to be condemned or accepted. Being brought before the judgment seat of Christ is what reward wood, hay, stubble, or gold, precious stones. What have we built? For neither at any time used we flattering words as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. In other words, you're speaking some, something that would please the ears of people that they would support your ministry. They, they put on a cloak of covetous. In other words, they are, they are covetous. They put a coat of religion on 
their covetousness in order to receive something from the people. So it's like they have a religious code on covering the fact that they're coveting people's money uh, or wealth uh, and they're using religion to gain that wealth. For neither at any time we use we flattering words. They didn't use words just to flatter the people. They used words that were for the honor and glory of God, sometimes to confront, sometimes to convict, sometimes to encourage, sometimes to build up, depended on the need of the moment as the Holy Spirit was moving, but they didn't merely speak words of flattery in order to get the people's money. Nor of men, verse 6, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. They didn't seek anything in return. They didn't seek a gift. They didn't seek monetary gain. They didn't seek flattering words from the people. They were seeking the glory of God. They were seeking to reach souls for Christ. They could have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. As the apostles of Christ, they were to be supported. Christ speaks about that. We're, he says you're, a workman is worthy of his hire. He says that when you go, find the person that's worthy in the city and stay there with them, but they didn't even do that. They wanted, so, wanted to be so clear that their motive wasn't money, that they went to extra steps in order to demonstrate that to the public. God bless them for that. But we were gentle among you. And I'm going to stop. We're going to end this here. We'll continue on next time speaking about the approach and the attitude of Paul in the ministry. Just remind you, if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, you can let us know at jasondemars.com. Thank you for listening in. May the Lord richly bless you.